Hi everyone, and welcome to the Life in the Wildlands podcast, where we discuss exciting opportunities with outdoor careers, share professional experiences, and provide advice to overcome the hurdles to federal employment. I am your host, Becky Schiefelt, and today we have Christine Curran, who is a former Forest Service Wilderness Ranger and currently is a Trails Project Manager with the Tahoe Rim Association. She's going to share with us how she started her career and provide advice for those that want to understand other options for those that are struggling to get a paid federal position. Thank you for joining us today, Christine. Go ahead and tell us more about yourself. Hi, Becky. Thanks for having me. As you said, my name is Christine Curran. Uh, I grew up in Cleveland, Ohio, and I'm currently working for the Tahoe Rim Trail Association as a trail operations manager. So tell us how you got your start uh, with an outdoor career. Yeah, um, I always loved the outdoors growing up, and I volunteered in Zion National Park um, when I was in college, and I fell in love with the idea of working outside, and the following summer, I applied for a forestry internship with ACE, the American Conservation Experience, and I spent two seasons with them working outside on the trails, and that's when I really fell in love with the idea of working on trails. Um, after I worked for ACE, I moved around a little bit and then started working as a crew leader for the Appalachian Mountain Club. And I spent two seasons there and I really loved it, but I felt like I, there were bigger mountains out there. So I applied to a few different jobs and one of them was um, with El Dorado National Forest as a wilderness ranger and a trails technician. And I got that job offer in 2016. So I started working with the El Dorado National Forest as a wilderness ranger. And I loved it because I got to go backpacking. And typically each season I had a trails intern and we would go out with a crosscut saw and clear trees off the trail for four days at a time. We also did a lot of uh, education and checked permits, but my true calling was the trail work. So as a wilderness ranger with the Forest Service, can you tell us a little bit about your day-to-day duties with that position? Yeah, I was kind of looked at as their trail specialist because El Dorado didn't have a trail crew. Um, So typically we would get our saw kit together, which consisted of a crosscut saw, an axe, wedges, hammer, and then all of our backpacking gear for four days. We would go out for four days at a time and basically clear trees off the trail and then talk to folks who were out there, check their permits to make sure they had the right permit, and then did a lot of uh, leave no trace and uh, wilderness etiquette conversations. Um, So we talked to people about making sure that they had their bear canisters, they knew where they were going, and made sure that they were packing in and packing out all of their trash. Uh, A lot of the job was almost being a custodian of the wilderness. Um, So we had to clean up a lot of trash. We had to unfortunately um, dig cat holes for people when they didn't do it themselves. And then a lot of education really went into it. So you said that you were a member or you were a course member of the American Conservation Experience and the Appalachian Mountain Club. So how did those experiences help you get a paid position with the Forest Service? Well, I think, um, you know, working for different conservation corps and having wealth of knowledge of trail work 
um, especially with as a wilderness ranger, you're doing a lot of trails and trail work. And when I worked for ACE, we also did backpacking. So I had a lot of experience working in the field. When I worked for the Appalachian Mountain Club, I was their roving crew leader. So I was in charge of a trail crew. So that was a lot of um, gaining experience as a leader. And uh, as a wilderness ranger, I would also take kids out in the backcountry and we would teach them how to do trail work. We would also train other volunteers in trail work. It was a really great foot in the door to work in the, with the Forest Service. And what were your favorite parts about working for the Forest Service? Oh, definitely backpacking. Um, I definitely miss, uh, now as a manager, I spend a lot more time um, managing all of the trail projects that are going on and not as much time in the field as I would love. And last summer was the first summer I didn't actually get back out backpacking, which was kind of a bummer for me because I've always really enjoyed backpacking. Um, so going out for like four days at a time and just coming back and having a new appreciation for the wilderness and you know, just being out there and being really mostly in charge of myself or responsible for myself and maybe an intern if we were cutting trees, but it was just such a beautiful place to work. And do you have any experiences that come to mind that just told you that this is the career path that you needed to follow? Well, I think when I left the Forest Service and started working for the Tower Room Trail I, at the end of the season, each season, we would work at the California Alpine Club and it would be a work weekend and work with like four different organizations. So I would be a representative from the Forest Service and we'd work with the California Alpine Club volunteers, the Pacific Crest Trail Association and the Tahoe Room Trail Association. So that weekend I got to work with some of the crew leaders and we did this awesome rock drilling training and we got to split rocks with like hammers and feathers and wedges but then we also got to use the rock drill and it just I was really impressed with um, the experience some of the TRTA crew leaders had and who would be my future director and I really enjoyed working with them and it felt like I was just ready to expand my career and grow and yeah I just felt like as much as I loved being a wilderness ranger and backpacking four days at a time, it was still a seasonal gig. So I kind of was really feeling a little restless and wanted to improve uh, my career and kind of move into a permanent position. So was that because you were having struggles with trying to advance with the Forest Service that you decided to apply to the Tahoe Rim Trail Association to help kind of further your career? Yeah, I, I mean, I loved, um, I had a really wonderful um, manager at the Forest Service and, you know, she had always, they had always called me their trail specialist, but I had stayed at a GS5 level for the four years I was there. And it just felt like it, there were so many hurdles at the time in order to get a permit job and increase my, you know, like I had, I had a lot of experience and I just wanted to grow. And at that time, I just felt like I was kind of not in a place where I could grow. And I think in the most more recent years, they've definitely gotten more funding. But at the time, my supervisor was like, I'd love to hire you as a specialist, but like, you know, don't hold your breath and I don't want to make promises. And then yeah. a friend, a friend of mine through the Forest Service sent me that position. And I was really interested. 
Um, and at first it was going to be a permanent seasonal with the TRTA, which was also like the dream. So you'd get benefits year round and you'd work for 10 months out of the year and have two, two months off. And that's how I started with the TRTA. But then after one year, it quickly turned into a permanent, permanent. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a really good gig. I mean, you've kind of advanced um, beyond what you thought you would in the in the beginning of, you know, starting this new job with the Tahoe Rim Trail Association. That's awesome. And I think it's important for our audience to know that the struggle is real. I'm not trying to candy coat any of this at all as far as, you know, is it easy to get a permanent position with the Forest Service? As we both know, no, it is not. (laughs) And so I really think that it's great that you decided to go um, beyond what you thought you could do with the Forest Service at the time, knowing that there was all these barriers and went and sought out different type of job, which similar, uh, but there are nonprofits out there um, like the Tahoe Rim Trail Association that you're now employed with that can provide these opportunities. And so that's that's really great. And sometimes I think, you know, you mentioned that you started with American Conservation Experience and other nonprofits that sometimes that's what you need to do to get the experience you need if you really want to be serious about pursuing an outdoor career. And what I mean by career is, like you said, good benefits, a stable job. Um, So I, I think it's amazing that you found this other route. Um, around the Forest Service. And if you want to, you're, and, you know, right now, you're building more experience that'll make you more competitive if you ever want to go back to apply for a federal position with the Forest Service or Park Service. Yeah, definitely. And I I do feel like in a nonprofit, like it's, it's a hard grind, like it's a lot, like anything that's trail operations, I'm doing it and a lot of grant writing and managing, um, and, you know, now I manage over like 300 volunteers this year in trail operations. We had uh, almost 12,000 volunteer hours. So our organization is like huge. And the amount of work we're able to do is really incredible. And I feel like as, although I still get to work with the Forest Service, um, I still get to do a lot of things that maybe I wouldn't be able to do if I still worked for the Forest Service. I've definitely been expanding and able to go to some really amazing conferences. It just seems like we work with the Forest Service still, but we just, and we still have to follow all of the Forest Service because they're our our land partners. But it just seems that if I have a project that I'm really passionate about, I'll write a grant for it and then hopefully get that funded. And then I, like our volunteers will be able to work on that project with, you know, with the Forest Service approvals, but we don't have the same budgeting issues where it's like, we're not taking money from this huge lump. We're actually passionate about something and then we write the grants for this project. Yeah, and that's amazing. Like, so the Forest Service is one of probably five different federal public land management agencies that really have the missions to uh, take care of our public lands in a very sustainable way. And it's becoming more and more challenging with uh, positions that are not being filled and the complicated USA jobs application process. So it seems like 
this is a, a route that is great for your career advancement. Just because it's a nonprofit doesn't mean that the work that's being done by these nonprofits, like the Tahoe Rim Trail Association, it's it's providing that stewardship to help and partner, like you said, with the Forest Service in order to make sure that our lands are managed sustainably. And then in your case, it's trails and recreation access for the Tahoe Rim Trail. And before you were doing similar work with the U.S. Forest Service as a wilderness ranger, making sure that our wilderness is managed to the standards uh, that the policies uh, state according to the Wilderness Act, and which is the responsibility of public land managers that have that wilderness designation. So can you explain a little bit for our audience the difference between the capital W wilderness and the lowercase wilderness? Just so our, yeah. our audience has a clearer idea of what that really means for public land management. Yeah, definitely. I think the the biggest uh, difference is that we're not allowed to use power tools. Um, and it's designated, as you said, it's designated by Congress and it's supposed to be this very unique special area where, you know, it's supposed to be untrammeled by humans. So there's not supposed to be a trace that we are out there. And so, so I'm you- gathering that that can be a little challenging if you're limited on the types of tools but it sounds like you know you've developed the skills to have those primitive techniques using primitive tools to help maintain is that the same case in parts of the tahoe rim trail that you have to help manage yeah yeah the tahoe rim trail and that's another reason why i felt so comfortable leaving desolation is because i still get to work in desolation um we still have over 20 miles in the wilderness and we also have mount rose wilderness area so we do have two wilderness areas that the tahoe rim trail association goes through and you know so we are still i still get to work in desolation wilderness where within the wilderness in general which i love um and Going on to say that, you know, there are certain things that will makes wilderness special and um, there's a permit system. So um, you're supposed to have a chance for solitude um, where other lakes on the Tahoe Rim Trail were have been severely impacted with the amount of use we've gotten, um, especially the increase with COVID. And um, yeah, but that's been challenging. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's been very, very challenging. challenging. Yeah. And it's interesting to me and we might there we might have to look at a new permit like we are in the process of discussing what through hiking the tahoe rim trail looks like because it is getting loved to death and um where when you go into desolation wilderness you need a permit but certain lakes like star lake they don't have you don't necessarily need a permit to go there you could go there in the middle of the summer and there'll be hundreds of people there and you know, you don't expect to go into the woods and hike for, you know, eight miles and then run into hundreds of people. So, yeah, that's not my idea of fun. <laughs> I like solitude myself when I go hiking, but I know the struggle is real with the use, especially around Lake Tahoe. Yeah, the Tahoe Basin is, I mean, it's a beautiful place and it's very popular, but it's definitely 
um, we are all trying to solve our these issues because we have so many users. We look at um, we have half a million users just on the Tahoe Rim Trail. Um, I don't so, doubt it. <laughs> yeah, and and that's if you know uh, all of our counters are doing their jobs properly, and which you know we put out counters every season, but they they tend to you know, get finicky or malfunction and the overuse in ta the Tahoe Basin is another struggle. But I feel like at the TRTA, we really have been looking at ways to uh, increase infrastructure. So we're not only working on trails, but, you know, I've been helping plan where we're going to put bathrooms, hope like bathroom f facilities and trailhead infrastructures and We've been talking about trying to figure out like water sources because on the east side in Nevada, their water sources are an issue and people are leaving big water jug, plastic water jugs, and they'll just leave them at the, they'll refill and leave them at the trailhead and then, and then it's just trash. So um, another part of just like trail work in general is like, we're always picking up a lot of trash because I feel like there's just a new love for the outdoors and people don't have the newer, newer folks that haven't been doing it for years aren't, um, they don't realize that, you know, if you leave it, yeah. it's just going to stay there for, until someone else picks it up. And that's why education is so important in, in that role. And with your previous experiences, you were able to really witness a lot of that on the ground, I'm sure that you can take that experience and knowledge of, hey, this is what's going on, you know, on the ground right now. And now that you're in a higher position where you can actually take that information and really do something with it, show the managers like, hey, this is, these are the challenges. Yeah. And in this position, I, I get to work with not only the Forest Service, but we also partner with Nevada State Parks and, um, you know, work with four different forests, not just El Dorado, but now I work with the Lake Tahoe Basin Management Union, uh, Unit and Tahoe National For Forest and then Humboldt Tayabi National Forest, which we're even in a different region. So we're working in two different regions, Region 5 and Region 4 with the Forest Service. Um, so I do feel like going to this nonprofit, I definitely ha can have like a bigger impact. And so... Just so our audience knows, like working for the Forest Service is definitely a male dominated field. And I can't speak for the Tahoe Rim Trail Association, but I know that I'm sure from the beginning of your career in this outdoor field that you probably were uh, one of very few women that were engaging in this type of work. Is that true? Yeah, um, I've always kind of been like the one female in the crew, um, but actually working for a nonprofit, the staff is mostly female, um, which is interesting. And even though it's the trails, it's uh, nonprofits are actually more um, women dominated, which interesting. Has been, yeah, really unique experience for me. But with all of my volunteers, I still work with a lot of older gentlemen, even though our staff and our staff is eight currently, but I work with hundreds of volunteers that are mostly, mostly men. And it has been tough, especially um, as being technically the boss or the manager um, trying to be in charge or just, you know, I've had to gain respect from others. Um, and um, some volunteers um, are kind of set in their ways and, you know, not willing to take advice from a young female but 
it's been really amazing. Um, and just kind of, I love, you know, getting more women outdoors, um, getting more women on the trails. One of my favorite things to do, or one of my favorite sayings is work smarter, not harder. Yes. That's my motto. (laughs) (laughs) And it is, you know, like just because some, yeah, some people I work alongside might have 200 pounds of muscle on me, but I can still yes. use a rock bar and move that rock more methodically and uh, know what I'm doing and, um, you know, get the job done. Yeah. And I think that's the, the difference with women in a male dominated field. Like you said, we work smarter, not harder because we don't have the the physical aspects to us that we can muscle through a lot of this stuff. And I think sometimes it working as the only female on a male dominated situation that they hopefully see that we do know how to work smarter, not harder. And that is, I think, builds respect amongst a lot of people, especially with volunteers that might be a little more male volunteers that are more on the elderly scale, I would say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they, it can be challenging because nobody wants to be shown up by a female sometimes. But I think in this environment and this climate, it's it's getting better. And and that's why I want women to feel empowered to get into these fields like don't worry about what the men are going to do you just do you work smarter not harder and people will come around yeah and also that you're probably stronger than you think you are i have spent like you know so i've now i'm going on over a decade of working on trails all across the u.s and in many of my positions, um, you know, I was the only girl or there was only a few girls where it was like a group of 14 and there was two women, but the women were working just as hard and um, almost caring more because we felt like we had something to prove almost. But I definitely like, it, we are strong and we can do absolutely just as, much as they can. And yeah, I love honestly showing, I hate to say that, but just showing how strong I am and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, like, so I'm very passionate about rock work and um, moving a big rock. And that's one of my favorite things is like, you know, you can be superwoman with a rock bar um, Yes, or or two rock bars. (laughs) I I just, I have a lot of experience with like chainsaws and cross cuts. And I actually recently just got my fee, which is a huge deal. Um, for crosscut, meaning that like I can now certify A's and B's and just knowing that like I approach every tree methodically. I'm not just going to go in there. And a lot of times like you have to have the saw do the work. And if you're using yeah. too much muscle, you can get yourself in a bind. And um, so it's it definitely like there is a place out there for women out on the trails. And, you know, I just I love creating that space and helping create that space. Well, I think it's phenomenal that you have a C certification as a crosscut sawyer. I mean, that's a tough one to gain. And just so our audience knows that, you know, working with part of the Forest Service or whether you're a partner with the Forest Service, there are qualifications that you have to have to run a chainsaw and a crosscut saw. And it's a... B and C levels. A is you're just a beginner 
and then B, you're a little more intermediate, uh, skilled, and then C, you can basically accomplish any challenging task that's in a safe manner, at least I want to say, not just any yeah. task, but congratulations yeah. to you for, <laughs> for having that as a woman. That's amazing. Thank you. Yeah, I was, it was just a training I went to. And of course I was one female out of six men and I was one of the two that I guess, uh, one of two were recertifying their C's and then me and another man was, uh, getting their C for the first time. And it was, it was a huge opportunity. It was a three-day training and, you know, from B to C is the biggest jump. I was a B for eight years or more. And you really, you know, I went through a couple, like so many trainings where I was almost there and working with different certifiers, you know, like you're almost there, but I really need you to make sure that you're totally confident in leading this group and cutting this highly difficult tree. Yeah. Just it's, I'm really excited about that. And it's just like, I think that's another good advice for women working on the trails is like, finding role models or mentors to work with because absolutely and Dolly Mm -hmm. Chapman has definitely been a mentor of mine and she is one of the strongest females I've ever known she has so many amazing um, certifications with the Forest Service but like so much experience and I've worked with her over the years and you know um, working for this nonprofit and then in the Forest Service like we I have had incredible women to look up to and work with that's awesome things have changed a lot over the last 20 years because when I first started 21 year 22 years ago sorry stand corrected I was the one female and luckily you know, being in a male-dominated, you know, field, because um, I started in trails as well, I had a great mentor. I've had, uh, hands down, some of the best mentors. And I think it is really important. It's part of the networking that goes alongside with maintaining a career in these types of fields. Yeah, definitely. And someone to kind of talk you through, as you were saying, it's not mm-hmm. easy to apply to USA jobs and get there unless you have someone kind of helping you jump over these hurdles. Yeah. And then finding the opportunity to go to these different trainings. And it's really all about networking and putting yourself out there. And it's not always going to be easy, but if you don't give up and keep trying, you'll eventually make it work. Absolutely. So you have experience with rock work, which I hold dear to my heart and my back in my trail days because trail, you know, rock work really is what's going to hold the test of time. So it's just always fun to go back to trails where I did perform rock work as a trail technician and see it's still there, like doing the job that you know, we intended many years later. And then you have obviously a skill set with crosscut saw and doing that. And now you're training other people to be a crosscut operator. Are there any other skills that you have gotten through the years in this career that you wouldn't have gotten otherwise? Well, I haven't gotten this yet, but I am excited. Um, in the spring, I'm taking a course at Lake Tahoe Community College for a Leave No Trace trainer. 
And over the years, I've talked to so many people about leave no trace etiquette, and I'm excited to finally get my trainer. So basically just having that certification is something under my belt. And my wilderness first aid is something that I have, you know, unfortunately had to use a few times, but I'm also in the process of um, getting my wilderness first responder because that's another big certification where I feel like when you're working out in the woods, your wilderness first aid is incredible. You need it. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it, it's something that, you know, and, and until you're in a situation, you don't really know how you're going to handle something. Yeah. And so um, those are have been, you know, two certifications I'm looking forward to doing in the next year. I guess I, I also have a lot of experience with grip hoist and rigging, and I've led trainings on that. Can you tell um, us the purpose of what those skills are purposed for? Yeah. So as we mentioned, rock work and rock bars and uh, rock bars are awesome. But when you have a, you know, two ton rock in your way or uh, building new trail and, or, you know, using, needing giant size rocks that are equestrian friendly. I I used a grip hoist, a, a high line once to, you know, put a string crossing in to hold the bank in. And when I watched a horse walk across the rocks that I had put in with the grip hoist, I was so proud of myself because that rock didn't move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love that. And the, those are the kind of, you know, memories that I have of like, this is why I do this. I love it. It's challenging. It's physical. And, but Overall, like you're working out in some beautiful areas um, that you wouldn't probably ever access otherwise. So it's it's really cool to hear about your experiences and it makes me reminisce on some of mine. <laughs> yeah, when I used to work for Conservation Corps, our joke was you got paid in sunsets and sunrises. Uh-huh. And- <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's no joke. (laughs) It's the real deal. I love working with volunteers and showing them how to work on the trails and like, you know, put a step in or a rock wall and then like letting them know that like this will, you could come back years later and this will still be here. And like people really find a sense of ownership um, Mm -hmm. of the trail and realize that a lot of hard work goes into trails. Yeah, and you know, it, it's funny when we get complaints for the Forest Service, like, oh, this trail is inaccessible and there's logs over it, blah, blah, blah. And like, well, we just cleared it two weeks ago. It just happened. There was like a windstorm, you know, and I don't think people, like you said, really appreciate what goes into making our trails accessible especially, you know, there's just so much maintenance involved and there's not a lot of money to do it. And so that's why I love the fact that the Tahoe Rim Trail Association kind of picks up the bill on some of that because Um, it is Forest Service land. Yeah. And honestly, on two separate occasions, I have been clear, like clear to trail, so proud, get to like put the saw away, head home. And I have found a tree, like one time it was the day after. And then one time it was an hour later and I remember walking by that tree looking at like, oh, that's a nasty widow maker. That's going to fall soon. Went, used the crosscut saw, cut three trees. And then on the way home back to the truck, the tree was down on the trail and we cut it. Uh, Luckily, luckily it was a small tree. Yeah. We ended up taking care of it. But it, it is crazy that 
on two separate occasions that I've walked the trail, cleared it, and then gone back just hours later, and there's another tree. <laughs> ah, yeah. But job and, security. <laughs> job security, definitely. But I, I think that's why people really need to know what what goes into this and the work that you're doing out there on the trails is so important to keep public recreation access. And that's part of stewardship of our public lands to ensure that we're managing them sustainably because we want as public land managers, we want to offer these areas of public land to recreational use but it takes a lot of work to make sure that we can offer that so i love that you have devoted your career to ensuring that that is possible for american people and all the visitors to tahoe national forest Thank you. I I love it. I love working on the trails. I mean, I think when I've had like a hard day at the office and then, you know, a few or like a few days of working behind a computer and then I get to go out in the field and and work with some volunteers and like this is why I do my what I do. Like this is what I love. And you know, I love to hike on my free time. I like to uh, rock climb on my free time and a lot of times it's like I'm hiking a trail to get to the, you know, the rocks that I'm going to climb and it's just you know, having that such a strong connection with nature, I love it. Yeah, I feel the same too. So I have one last question for you. As a female in a male-dominated field, especially, and maybe we don't even need to go there, but do you have any advice for anybody that is trying to start a career with these types of jobs? Uh, Yeah, I mean, there will be tough days and you know, it, it can be hard, but I feel like in the end, if it's what you're passionate about, then you shouldn't give up. And, you know, just really putting yourself out there and not letting the tough days get you down because there will be good days. And then just like, you know, you are stronger than you think you are. You should take up space and you should be confident. And if it's something you're passionate about doing, then just go out and do it. And the good days always outweigh the bad days, at least in my 21 years of experience. Yeah. And then, you know, you'll be working with someone where you think or like, you know, you've had some someone from the public, some man from the public kind of mansplain you and, you know, kind of really put you in a bad mood. But then like the next day you'll be working with another male, same demographic, and you show him how to use a tool and he is so grateful and so appreciative and, you know, like, wow, this is amazing. Like this summer I worked with um, the Nevada Mining Association. Um, some volunteers came out to one of our work days and I show, we were in fire restrictions. So we were using a crosscut saw and I showed him all about the crosscut saw and we had to under bucket, which means we had to cut from below the tree, like under the tree. So it's, it's, it's hard to line up and it's, it's a lot of work um physically on your body and Mm -hmm. I was just working with this other guy who like you know seems super muscular and we're doing this together and he's just like it's like oh I think it's lined up as we were about to start our second cut and I was like let's just move it just a a tiny bit this way and we ended up um lining it up like the best underbuck I've ever done it was completely lined up nice an incredible (laughs) feeling and 
you know, another guy came over afterwards and like complimented him. And he was like, oh no, this was all her. Like, I love being out here with the strong woman. Like she's just showing me up and showing me nice. what to do. Like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you know, you'll get, there'll be some bad eggs out there, but there'll also be some amazing people that you get to work with that really surprise you. Yeah. And I would say like, for the most part over my time that there were so many more positives than negatives. I mean, yeah, you'll come across that what I call the five percenters um, <laughs> of people that just are jerks no matter what, whether it's in a volunteer situation, a member of the public or even a coworker. I mean, there's really just five percent of them that are bad apples and you can't focus on that you have to focus on okay but you know there's 95 percent of people that are actually great and I think that this line of work attracts a certain type of person that isn't in that five percent for the most part I mean yeah, there, exactly. are <laughs> there are exceptions there are exceptions I always like to a friend of mine told me to like shift your perspective where, you know, if you had eight good things happen and you had one funky thing happen that you didn't enjoy, focus on all the good that came out of that day and just forget about that one thing that someone someone said to you that didn't leave a good taste in your mouth. Exactly. Becky, thank you so much for having me on Life on the Wildlands. I really hope that this podcast can reach a lot of people and help encourage other folks to get out there and work outside and whether it's a nonprofit or a conservation corps or the federal government and all the different agencies that the federal government represents or offers. I hope that this podcast reaches those folks out there wanting to start a career out in the wildlands. So thank you, Christine, for being on our podcast today. It's been great talking with you. For our listeners out there, thank you so much for listening in on this podcast. I hope it was informational and I hope you were able to take some things away from it that'll help you with your career progression. For more stories about outdoor careers, subscribe to the Life in the Wildlands podcast, where I will be interviewing outdoor professionals to discover exciting opportunities in outdoor careers, share professional experiences, discuss the hurdles to federal employment, and provide advice on how to overcome these challenges. And if you're interested in outdoor jobs and don't know where to start, or if you already are a federal employee with an outdoor career that's struggling to make it to the next level in your career development, Life in the Wildlands can help you on your journey. Check out our career counseling and federal resume development services at www.lifeinthewildlands.com or call 406 848 one six six six